Hello and welcome to Your Money, Your Mission, the show that helps you maximize your wealth by turning complex financial situations into actionable advice. Today I have Brian Andrew, Chief Investment Officer of Johnson Financial Group with us. Thank you for joining me today, Brian. Thanks for having me. So we have received a lot of questions about the economy and markets from our listeners, and we thought it would be great to have you here today to answer some of those questions and provide a more clear picture of what's happening. Let's hear from our first caller. Okay. Hi, Kelly. So the debt ceiling has passed, inflation is dropping, and we know that we are facing a recession. My question is, what are we missing? Crypto was the hot new thing, then we saw that crash, then we had the banking crisis, What should we be paying attention to now that we are not? That is a great question. Brian, what do you say about that? So it is a great question. I think um, the the key word in that uh, question was recession. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing we should be looking for is more evidence that we'll see a slowdown in the economy because right now everything looks, feels pretty good. Unemployment is very low. The stock market is up over 10% since the beginning of the year, um, and we've seen not really the entire impact of the higher interest rates that that started last year. And so as we get later into 2023, we may start to see more impact from those. Uh, That could slow corporate earnings down as an example, and that would be uh, trouble for the stock market. So I think we, we have to keep an eye on things from an economic growth perspective because we may be headed for tougher times in the future. Thank you. This next question is something that's been on a lot of people's minds. It's about student loans. Let's hear from this caller. Hi, thanks for taking my call. My question is about student loans. Many have had the advantages of the pause in paying that debt since the pandemic. Our economic scenario is different now. Inflation has impacted our expenses. Interest rates have made larger purchases and loans more expensive. And now some families will be hit with what could equate to another mortgage bill when those student payment loans kick in. Could that have a bigger impact on the economy than anyone is thinking about? Oh, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent question. And I think people have thought about it. In fact, if you think about the fact that people will have to begin to pay student loans and haven't had to for three years. Um, That's expected to start uh, later this year. Uh, The estimated impact on economic growth is two to three-tenths of a percent, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the economy is only growing around two. So that means 10% of growth could disappear from the consumer because people have to start paying their student loans. So going back to what I said before, that would be an example of something we'd want to keep an eye on as we move into 2024 that could actually cause the economy to weaken further at a time where that might already be happening and make things a little more difficult to get through. Brian, this next question concerns commercial real estate. What do you see in terms of commercial real estate? I've been reading a lot about empty buildings in San Francisco. And with interest rates going higher and buildings standing empty, do you think owners are going to start walking away from those buildings? Then we could have a new real estate crisis. Why do you think places like New York seem to be doing better? Do you think buildings are in our future? So, uh, good question. I think commercial real estate is like a lot of things when you think about uh, investing, the stock market or the bond market. Commercial real estate is a really broad topic. Uh, And within the commercial real estate market, there are many different types of commercial real estate. So think about multifamily uh, as an example, office space, retail space, 
industrial space. And the reason you have to think about all of those separately is because they're experiencing very different um, things when it comes to how they're recovering uh, or how they're slowing down. And so office space is the easy one to point to, the, the, the point about San Francisco office space in particular, because with the pandemic and people working from home and the fact that not everybody's back and not everybody's coming back, there's a lot of concern about vacancy rates in commercial real estate office um, in particular. But if you look at industrial as an example, the vacancy rate in industrial space nationally is only 2 or 3%. And the demand for industrial space is incredible right now because there's a big onshoring of manufacturing as a result of the pandemic and people wanting to change the way their supply chains look. So like any market, there are lots of different segments to the market and some are doing well and some aren't. So you have to do your homework, know the difference between good and bad. Uh, But I think the point is that um, commercial real estate will be challenged simply because interest rates are significantly higher and there's a lot of leverage in the commercial real estate market. So you have to pick your spots. This next caller has a two-part question about the recession. Hi, Kelly. The news around a recession is so confusing. I have two questions. The first is there are a lot of different positions on the length and severity of a recession. What are your thoughts? So the, that's the hard question, right? That's the, if you're the government, the trillion dollar question um, is how, if we have a recession, how deep will it be? How long will it last? And the, the short answer is we don't know. Um, however, there are some things we can point to to get some evidence about whether we're headed for something that's uh, what we would refer to as a soft landing, meaning a recession that's relatively short Uh, in time frame and not very deep in terms of the reduction in growth uh, versus a hard landing, which is something that could last a longer time and we'd see a much more dramatic reduction in growth. And right now, probably one of the big pluses for a soft landing is the fact that unemployment is low. And and if unemployment is under 4%, that means personal income is relatively high consumption is over two-thirds of the economy, and consumers will continue to be relatively healthy. The other thing that I think is a big plus is if you look at savings um, in terms of, as an example, deposits in money market funds um, or in banks, uh, savings is part of the consumer balance sheet, and savings today are over $7 trillion. So there's a big cushion uh, that consumers have to weather a downturn in the economy. If you look at cash on corporate balance sheets, that's $2 trillion. So that's also a big plus in terms of being able to weather a downturn. So, so for right now, it looks like soft, is, soft landing is probably more likely than hard, but we'll have to continue to keep an eye on the data between here and the end of the year. Okay, let's hear the second part of the question. And the second, what impact will I feel from a recession? It seems all the indicators are lagging. While I'm starting to feel the pressure, once we are actually in a recession, what is different for the average American? Yeah, I think probably the thing that's most impactful for the average American is the fact that um, if we see a recession, uh, we're likely to see higher unemployment, uh, which means jobs might be a little harder to come by. So the biggest impact on people will be the fact that it might be a little more difficult to find a job 
the fact that there's as much savings as there is hopefully means that people will be able to weather that kind of a downturn and potentially taking longer to find a job. But probably the biggest impact is the fact that unemployment would tend to go up during a period where the economy slows, and, and that will make it a little bit tougher on individuals. So, Brian, Tim has a question about uh, interest rate hikes. I've been hearing that there's some significant interest rate hikes happening across the globe, and we're still anticipating another one here in the U.S. Why is that good for the economy but seems to be bad for the markets? Yeah, that's an interesting question, right? I mean, we talk about the negative effects of hiking interest rates, and yet we want higher interest rates when inflation is a little bit out of control. So so that's really the main reason for interest rate hikes is that what happens when the economy moves a little bit too quickly is that prices tend to go up too fast. So if we think about the price of a gallon of gas going from $3.5 to $5 like it did a gallon last year, um, that's too much inflation in too short a period of time. There's lots and lots of examples like that. So raising interest rates raises the cost of capital, the cost of a home mortgage as an example. And so as a result, you get less economic activity, which slows things down and ultimately brings inflation down. So the the rate at which prices are going up slows, which is a good thing. Um, The problem is there's no direct path from here to there. You have to go through that slowing in order to be in a better position in terms of price increases and lower inflation. And so um, the one interesting thing about what happens when interest rates go up is that people assume that everything that's bad that's going to happen happens right away. Uh, But the problem is it takes probably 18 to 24 months to really feel the full effect of higher interest rates. So if you think about it, we didn't start seeing higher interest rates until March of last year. And if it's 18 to 24 months, that means we're still probably six to nine months away from seeing the full effect of those higher rates. And as the caller pointed out, rates may still go higher. So that's a long way of saying uh, we have to wait a bit to really understand what the impact of those higher interest rates are. And that's why people are worried about a recession. So Brian, this next question is from Alyssa, and it concerns what indicators we should be looking at. Let's hear from Alyssa. Hi, Kelly. Whenever we experience these market disruptors, it seems like we hear this time is different. It happened with the tech bubble, the financial crisis in 2008, the pandemic. Can we rely on the same indicators and believe in trends or have things changed so much that we need to look at different indicators? Yeah, that's a really good question because they don't stay the same. Um, the, the things that we pay attention to that tell us what may or may not happen in the future change based on what's happening uh, and how a particular part of the economic cycle has played out. Uh, so if I think about over my career, which is very long, uh, and think about the things that we focused on 10 or 20 years ago, they're not necessarily the things that we focus on today. And what's unusual this time is that a lot of what's happening is still a function of what occurred during the pandemic. So if you think about economic cycles over time, they rhyme, but they don't necessarily look exactly the same. And this time is very different because the causes of both the recovery that we had and now what we're seeing today with higher inflation, higher prices, uh, and uh, higher interest rates is really a function of all of the stimulus that was provided to the global economy during the pandemic. Um, So 
first of all, we've never had that much stimulus provided in that short a period of time. Uh, and secondly, we don't know what the other side of that looks like because it's never happened before. But we can have some ideas about how it plays out. So the things that we have to pay attention to are different. And a good example is unemployment. If you're headed into a slower economic growth period, you want to pay attention to unemployment. But what's different this time is that you have different parts of the economy recovering differently over time. So the best example is the hospitality part of the economy was really decimated when everybody went home and stayed there for almost two years. And so that part of the economy is still recovering. So when you look at the employment numbers, the job creation in that part of um, the economy is significantly higher than you would expect. So it probably makes those numbers look better than they should at this point. So you still want to pay attention to unemployment, but you have to kind of look under the hood a little bit of the number to figure out what, what actually is going on, and, and that would be an example. So the indicators change over time, but they still help us understand what's happening in terms of how deep a recession could we have, uh, how long might it last. Um, and so as we pay attention to the things that we're uh, getting information about on a regular basis, we just have to sort through the details of the data to understand what's changed. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much for being here. And hopefully this conversation has helped bring clarity to what you're seeing in the markets and the economy. And thank you to everyone listening to Your Money, Your Mission. If you have a question wherever you are listening to this episode, you can simply go to the show notes and it will say submit a question. Click on the link, write your question and hit submit. Also, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes of Your Money, Your Mission, the podcast designed to turn complex financial situations into actionable advice, powered by Johnson Financial Group. Products and services offered by these Johnson Financial Group companies, Johnson Bank and Johnson Wealth, Inc. Wealth management services are provided through Johnson Bank and Johnson Wealth, Inc., Johnson Financial Group companies. Additional information about Johnson Wealth, Inc., a registered investment advisor, and its investment advisor representatives is available at advisorinfo.sec.gov. Not FDIC insured, no bank guarantee, may lose value.